0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another hometown daily news show. This is for November 6th, 2022. I don't have a title for today. I'll have to fill in the blank later. Let's get into today's show. Hello, I am Merwatt. That is hometown.com. And that's what powers the hometown daily news show again this is for november 6th 2022 i don't have a title today i'll have to fill it in after the show but i am going to get straight into the news it's been an interesting weekend but uh, nothing worth throwing out there for everybody Um, uh, we'll get into actually some of it but it's related to the news so let's go The very first article is in the word in tech. How does TikTok's uncanny algorithm decide what you see? Well, the Guardian tested it on three people. So kind of like guinea pigs, I suppose. A week-long experiment by the Guardian showcased how widely each person's experience and for you page varied. Dance videos, viral viral pranks, adorable pets. Beauty tutorials, 60-second recipes, and a scroll through TikTok's For You page offers a steady stream of strange and delightful content that can feel both chaotic and somehow perfectly suited to your tastes. The rest of this um, that is aggregated by uh, my aggregator called Gatherer, um, which reaches out to about 200 news sources of varying Um, i don't know provenances and amounts of data that they feed um, gathers up a little snippet but doesn't doesn't do anything like a grab graphics it doesn't post it on uh, hometown's various channels Uh, six categories exist on hometown create news education entertainment social and technology and in those 50 channels that i hope to bring Twitch as live shows, uh, one hour shows basically. Um, typically it takes about, well, I won't get into it. It really depends on how much time a presenter wants to dedicate to the show. Um, so if you're interested in being a host or co host, get in touch with me. I am again Mayor watt over on Hometown. Um, all of the articles that we talk about are in Showbot. So if you type in exclamation Showbot, It'll give you a link to ometown.showbot.tv. You can go over there and vote on the articles that we talk about in each episode. Then you can come here um, each following day and and say, hey, I want to talk more about this or that or the other, and I will stay longer and have a chat with you. Uh, There may be other people in chat. There may not be. It really depends on the day. I am only streaming an hour a day, Um, so it tends to be quiet on the ometown front. Um, because I don't give much warning that I'm going live and I don't give much warning that I'm ending the stream short of eight, hey, it's an hour and we're done with the news. So I'll take off unless anybody wants to stay and talk about stuff, but then I will have to end the stream and start up a new stream. But anyway, come and talk to me about the news, business, technology, and society. That's the angle that I uh, take on all of the discussions and uh, this one is really interesting because how does TikTok's uncanny algorithm decide what you see and they tested it on three different people so let's go over to the source um this article is again over at the guardian um the author of this is carrie paul joanna uh, Wean. i'm not sure if that's pronounced properly so correct me if i'm wrong and charlotte simmons um, Yeah. So basically they asked the participants to apply the same rules, create a brand new account using their real identities, even if they already had one open their for you page at the same time, every morning, make a note of the first 10 videos, the algorithm served up and repeat it for seven days. I think this is pretty neat. Uh, So the college student, they got bombarded with 12 year old boy humor. Wajia Wahid, a 19 year old student living in Berkeley, California, is a regular Instagram and um, occasional Snapchat user. Recently, she says, TikTok has taken over. It's much more fast paced, Wahid said. I need to, uh, I feel like my attention span has decreased significantly, and I don't think that's good for me. Still, she spends a lot of time on the platform following creators she likes keeping up with the news and finding out what's going on in the world. Yeah, a lot of people are now getting their news, their actual news from TikTok. TikTok actually has 10 minute max videos. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll expand in time uh, or extend in time in the future, but um the amount of engagement that people have with TikTok is good uh, on the the uh business side but really bad on the social side uh, depending on your take on that social side of it because um i've heard some analysts describe it as being kind of like um opium dens <laughs> people just lay in there watching this on their ipad uh, or iphone or whatever device and uh, but the amount of engagement is tremendous nobody cares about tiktok until you start using TikTok, and then it's like an endorphin poke again and again and again and it's just like they said it's fast paced it's however long the creator wants it to be up to 10 minutes but it's really short pithy statements and you just stay engaged there's no way to look no reason to look away because it's constantly feeding you and i think it's amazing uh, but i don't use TikTok because I just can't sit there and let things scroll by. I actually want to, you know, think about the material and I want to talk about it. And I want to read material and do some due diligence and stuff like that. You know, 15 second videos or one minute videos. Just don't do it for me. Um, but this person said, see, it's, it's much more fast paced and the attention span has decreased because it's just a little snippet and then on to the next one. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll go on to the next person. Um, this next person says. Oh, and the first person says, will she stay on TikTok? Yes. <laughs> that endorphin rush, man, it, it really keeps you engaged. A Little poke and you say, oh, hey, I really like this video. Hey, I really like this video. Um, they actually answer a question in this uh, as to why the algorithm works the way that it does. Um, and it's basically, uh, there is an engine on the back of TikTok that's analyzing all of these videos and uh, keywords and who and what, the demographics, psychographics, um, the location and, and whatnot. It it basically categorizes every video, and are, it's a ratio of who's going to like it and who's not going to like it, and they maximize who gets what, and it is absolutely unique based on the people and what they watch and what they, you know, hurry up through or what they swipe to get away for the next video or whatever. There's all kinds of metrics that are gathered. Um, I find it really interesting. So Diana Ramirez is a, uh, Ramirez, Simon, pardon me, the professional with a family quote, TikTok classified me as an older mom type. <laughs> So Diana Ramirez Simon, a 45 year old copy editor for the Guardian US spends time on social media for work, Twitter, and for leisure. She's a member of several crocheting groups on Facebook. TikTok wasn't entirely new to her. She got her first account at the insistence of nephews and nieces and even lets her kids watch along with her, though she filters what they see. And while she enjoys it she also worries about the impact of social media on children and the dominant role it plays there's a typo actually um dominant role it plays in their daily lives quote i feel uh i feels like i'm not (laughs) if that's a direct quote wow anyway um it feels like watching tiktok has replaced the bedtime story she says which is really scary because bedtime stories are actually much more than just watching a video it's actually interacting hearing the words building emotional uh context within those words sharing the moment with whoever is reading um, between you know the two the reader and and the listener or if they are reading all by themselves at some stage um, it's actually thinking about the material not just consuming it it moves on consuming it and moves on there's a whole lot more to it um, but i find this really interesting that it classified them as an older mom type now it may or may not be absolutely on target but it sure sounds like it right and all it did was classify. and uh, i tell a story to people that i talk to um, about how target classified somebody as being pregnant an underage girl um, and uh, pissed off a dad and the dad contacted Twitter or not Twitter target and, and lit him up why are you sending my underage daughter a package of information and coupons about congratulating congratulations you're pregnant and well it found out he found out that Target's algorithm had predicted that she was pregnant based on her buying habits, changing from, you know, teenage girl to expectant mom. And, um, well, I guess he kind of ate some crow that day um, and said something similar to, I guess there's been things going on under my roof. The algorithm generally gets it right probably more right than the legal system, I'd say, based on context and stuff like that, because there is just a massive flood of information from people who are active users. Um, so classifying this person as, a, as an older mom type, you, know, you may argue what's an old type at middle age, 45, um, but with kids, hey, I think the algorithm got it right. Again, there is a whole bunch of stuff for each user that went through this experiment, um, but I won't go through all of it. Um, The retired first-time TikTok user, quote, a lot of videos seemed designed to provoke anger or fear. David Levin, a 63-year-old retired teacher and artist living in New York, had never used TikTok before the experiment. Quote, on an awareness scale of 1 to 10, I was probably a 3, he says. He'd spend a lot of time on Instagram, though, where he posts his art and photography and amassed more than 2,500 followers. He was interested to find out how the two platforms differed. Quote, I thought that TikTok users skewed hipper <laughs> Okay, I'll let that go. Hipper and younger and that Instagram was basically turning into your mother and father's TikTok, he says. Um, interesting that it classified them as um feed them uh, videos that are designed to provoke fear or anger i'm curious i didn't read the others um to go through this list and find it but it says here then there were a lot of videos that felt designed to provoke an emotional reaction videos that made me think of the old new york post idiom that every headline was designed to appeal to one of two emotions fear or anger see we don't know what the full context is of their interaction that led to it and uh, that categorization or if it's basically just getting videos and he is saying these are classified as fear and anger because most people don't even understand or or have ever heard of that idiom of new york post Um, saying that every headline is to provoke a response, fear, or anger. It isn't polarized like that. Um, As far as modern social media platforms, sure, a lot of them do. But uh, if you look around, there are so many videos that are designed to promote education or positive feeling. I mean, a whole viral news network popped up during the pandemic, positive news. Um, there's, It's much more dynamic than that, but maybe the way that he interacted, it immediately detected that he basically was black and white between fear and anger, and that's what you do. So going through this list, maybe the way that it was set up and the initial interests um, that he showed provoked the algorithm to say you're kind of an easy sell dude i'm gonna throw either fear or anger at you um, and that's just shocking you know nobody should be really classified like that because facebook did something similar to see about the emotional contagion um, and they experimented on seven hundred thousand users without authorization from those users without notice to those users and they never monitored them off-site only on-site Um, And so when I talk about this with people, I say, you don't know if the people that were part of this experiment went out and punched people in the throat or gave them hugs. You just don't. And uh, nobody really cares about what Facebook did anymore because it's been quite a long time since then. And there have been other issues um, with Facebook. And it's kind of death by a thousand cuts, you know, just paper cut after paper cut and, and you go, okay, well now I'm just tone deaf to app, um, to, um, Facebook shenanigans. Um, and now we're probably going to see that with uh, Twitter and um, speaking of Twitter, that's where this next article goes. I'll let you go over to the guardian and read more in depth uh, because I encourage everybody to go and read these articles. I don't talk about them verbatim. I think it's important for people to go to the source and um, talk about it come back and talk to me about it and um, with everything that's going on with twitter there's been a lot of talk about solutions that are devoid of twitter and elon musk influence and so i actually spun up a mastodon server to try it out so twitter's jumped to mastodon but what is it a little known social networks user base has swelled after elon musk, uh takeover of twitter The only problem with Mastodon that I see is that uh, things are siloed and I'm not sure if people are ready for that siloing. It's kind of like, um, what is it called? Diaspora? It's little pockets of people, of communities that have a, a like mind. Um, but are open to more people. you know so you don't necessarily have like wing social networks that only allow that type of thinking. Um, with Mastodon, you can spin up a server. It's instantaneous pretty much nowadays you can go to one called Masto Host, Mastohost masto.host. Um, and it's only like six dollars a month. You can invite a bunch of people. maybe it'll go viral. You can have a community around your particular ideology. Or be completely open to anybody and hope that you don't hit caps and have to start paying an arm and a leg. Uh, maybe you'll end up having to uh, pay $4 million in losses uh, like Twitter and and have that struggle of a billionaire trying to buy you. Um, this article is over at bbc.com by uh, Zoe Kleinman. And uh, the social network says it now has over 655,000 users or... Uh, with over 230,000 having joined in the last week, that's Mastodon. So Mastodon, uh, is a server similar to Twitter, but like I said, it's siloed. So if I were to spin up a Mastodon server and attach it to hometown, it would basically be at hometown in your name. So, um, like. This person is Sierra, uh, I can't pronounce that last name, my God, Ayok um, or Iok. So it's at Sierra Iok at Mastodon.ie and that Mastodon.ie is the domain that the Mastodon server is sitting on. So when you wanna send somebody a message, you have to know the destination server and the receiver's name. Whereas if everybody is on one silo, all you need to know is that one username. So you can go to Twitter and just send me an email and there's millions of people on Twitter. Well, with Mastodon, they're joined together by proxy kind of connections um, and getting information basically is peering related. So it's really neat. It's inexpensive. You don't have to worry about so much noise. Uh, I would love to spin up an OhmTown Mastodon server. I don't know if people would sign up for it. Um, I know that hometown gets a lot of bots and spam. It all gets filtered out before it po- gets posted, but um, Mastodon is relatively easy to maintain set up but the complexity particularly of customizing it because it's not it's built by engineers for engineers but with an easy front end to set up but then customization is just kind of painful so i don't think that it's ready for prime time but maybe people with an interest in bringing it online could maintain it and 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 make it a, a reality So how do you find people? The server you choose becomes part of your username. So, for example, they use their Twitter handle, ZSK, and chose the UK server, making their username at ZSK at MastodonApp.UK. Yes, there's an app that allows you to have your server kind of tied into it. Uh, Why are the servers there? Nobody owns the entirety of the network. Um, So it is a distributed social network, and as many people who want to come online can peer into the entire network, um, and um, it's as easy as that. So what do you think? Should Hometown set up a Mastodon server and peel people away who might want to do something on um, Twitter? Well, there won't be any noise, (laughs) that's for sure. There won't be anybody dropping the N-word all over the place, that's for sure. Um, if they are, they're getting banned immediately. Um, something that becomes a struggle when you got somebody that says, well, freedom of speech, you can say and do whatever you want. Well, I hate to break it to you. Uh, Apple and others, advertisers and whatnot, think that it's toxic and they will bow out. And that's what Twitter is going through right now. So how is it modified? Or Sorry, how is it moderated? It says this is a real hot potato. At the moment, all the servers have their own moderation rules. That's right so you are a community when you spin up a mastodon server you can have different accounts in different places if everybody has a mastodon server every website gets a mastodon server that means their community is bound within that right that domain that community that mastodon server If you wanna send a message to yourself on some other Macedon server, it's as easy as knowing what the username is and that domain. And there you go, pretty easy. I like distributed models, I like competition. I think with more competition, you get better service, you get better options. Um, I think Twitter has so much kinetic energy that it's going to move forward um for a considerable amount of time Um, just like facebook all of this old school stuff that has existed in uh, time for uh, such a long period and with so much money and so many people it will be really slow to die off it is possibly if everybody were to embrace this distributed model uh, again kind of like diaspora um which is built by an engineer for an engineer. And there's a complex story behind Diaspora, but Mastodon is uh, distributed. So it's going to be really tough um, to get any real kinetic energy, get funding, things like that. But there will be more competition um, for users. So maybe the communities that are at each Mastodon server will be better. You just have to go and hunt and find one that you're compatible with. But again, you won't have to mess with anything with Twitter. Checkmark, eight bucks, no, doesn't matter. And if a a community says, well, I'm going to charge 10 bucks a month, but it comes with a whole host of protections and moderation and a a limited number of people that are of like mind, but you have better communication um i think that it's a, a potentially a great thing um, but i i don't know where twitter is going to be in five years and the way that advertisers are saying i don't know if elon musk is the right person for this gig um you know i <laughs> maybe twitter won't be there in five years Let's move on Um, that way. The show isn't uh, two hours long. I just have an actual lot to say for those two first articles. This next article, though, is in the word in tech. Apple reportedly wants to swap the Hey Siri. Oh, no. I just activated it. It might play in the background. I have one in my office. Um, Trigger phrase. It just started talking to me. Yeah, hold on one second. Hey, Siri, stop. And I'm sorry if I'm activating it around you guys. Anyway, it wants to trigger, change the trigger phrase to just Siri. Um, this next, uh, that art article is over in The Verge and it's written by Emma Roth. And it says, according to the report from Mark Gurman, Apple's working on a way to shorten its uh, voice assistance wake phrase to just Siri, uh, which I think would be great. Uh, I don't like blurting out the, <laughs> I can't say it without activating it, the phrase, but. Um, So as noted by Gurman, Apple's been working on this feature for the past several months and is expected to roll out out next year. I think that they've actually been soft training this out in the public um, because I have some really quirky things going on with my network. Uh, You know, I don't hold me to that because I can't prove it. I have no idea. Um, But there have been some really interesting interactions with Siri um, over there. I'd say the last quarter or two. I think it's really interesting, So It says, um, but Apple will have to put in a significant amount of AI training and underlying engineering work to get the feature to function properly as the smart assistant will need to understand the single wake word in multiple accents and dialects, and the current two-word trigger phrase increases the chance of Siri picking up on it. Uh, Well, it's all about the phonemes, and if you match the phonetic pronunciation of the trigger phrase to any other dialect. If you lower it to just a four letter word, you've got some real issues there in that any other word that has that same phonetic representation across a broad spectrum of people who speak the, the phrase or near it. And maybe drag a letter or phonetic element a little bit too long or make it shorter, at some point it's going to trigger. And I've actually had that with random words where it came really close and activates Siri. So I can imagine that it's going Sorry, for those of you that just heard this exasperated gasp, it's because I've got a Whenever I scroll to the bottom of the Verge.com's article, it floods about 15 pages worth of content onto it. Anyway, um, I think that'll be neat because I would rather just say that one word phrase. I don't know if I'm willing to beta test it, though, because it would have to record everything (laughs) and then send it back to... Um, Apple for processing because if I don't say, if, if I don't say the right f- phonetic phrase the, the phonemes don't come across properly, they're not detected properly and they'll want to know why and uh, I feel weird about sharing that kind of discussion that's going to be in the background or around the office and wherever else. Anyway, because I've got about eight pods at any rate, actually, I think I got more than that now. Um, This next article is over in the dictionary channel. Um, This is really about words, the creation of words and phrases and how they impact business and how their use uh, is modified um, or created by society. And I think it's a really interesting concept um, of crafting uh, new words and phrases. Well, one was really interesting to clutch the pearls its meaning and its origin and this all comes from wordhistories.net i rarely actually bring this into the the show um, but i think that people might find it interesting right um so to clutch the pearls if you're not familiar with the meaning it means to react with shock or dismay especially in response to something considered immoral underhanded or vulgar. It's in the USA, of course, in 1990, um, from an episode of the sketch comedy television series in living color broadcast on April 15th, 1990. I can't believe that that's the origin of it. Um, so when I saw that going through the aggregator, I said, ah, I gotta, I gotta pull this up. Um, and so let's see, it says to clutch the pearls, meaning in origin. Again, it's over at wordhistories.net. Um, Pascal Tregauer, I guess, is their name. Again, if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, I'm sorry. Uh, Let me know. And it says its origin really is the phrase to clutch the pearls. Also to clutch one's pearls originated in an episode of In Living Color, as explained by Virginia Mann, record television critic, in Who's the Joke on Anyway, debating In Living Color, published in the record Hackensack, New Jersey, USA, of sunday uh may 13th 1990 and they talk about this article the this show um in living color and they have the whole kind of discussion here Um, i thought that to clutch one's pearls was way older than this because every time i've ever heard this it is in the context of some older Um, historical record, right? So it says a down here it says um, the gesture consisting for a woman in putting her hand to her throat and clutching at the pearl necklace had been a literary tapos. I'm not sure what that phrase is. I haven't heard that before. Maybe I have learned it and forgot it, but um, expressing shock or dismay long before the episode of In Living Color was broadcast on April 15th. The following are two examples, one in 1910 and one, t- one in 1937. So it says here. Oh, see, but it's not necessarily exactly like that. It says the woman's left hand clutched at her pearls. A shudder of fear passed through her body. So it's near but not exactly. Um, Like clutch mop pearls, you know, that was always the thing, the phrase. So it actually doesn't go too far back, 1937. I wonder when pearl necklaces were actually created. Um, So let's move on, let's keep going. The next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. World's tallest woman takes her first plane flight after airline removes six economy seats to make it possible. A 24-year-old Turkish woman, Rumesa Gelgi, who stands seven feet 0.7 inches tall, and thinks that 0.7 makes a big difference, and has been confirmed as the world's tallest living woman by Guinness World Records, is seen in front of her house at Karabuk, Turkey, on October 14th, 2021, and took her first flight after six economy seats. <laughs> were removed um yeah so alia Shoab is this person is the author's name um the world's tallest woman was able to take her first flight after an airline removed six seats for her she's seven feet tall flew from istanbul turkey to san francisco and turkish airlines modified a plane to allow galgi to lie on a stretcher for the 13-hour flight Wow. Wow. Um, So let's see here. It was a 13-hour flight because she basically was on a stretcher. Um, Let's see. Was never able to fly or travel on a plane due to her stature caused by a condition called Weaver Syndrome that causes bone overgrowth, among other things. And even as a child, she was too large to fit in plane seats, according to the outlet. Oh, wow. So she shared pictures of her flight. I'm sure she went inst- instantly viral if she wasn't already. Uh, Gelge won her first Guinness World Record in 2014 when she was recognized as the world's tallest living teenager before officially becoming the world's tallest woman in 2021. Uh, and she also ha- holds the record for, the, for being the woman with the largest hands, longest finger, and longest back in the world. Well, if you're the longest, tallest person, probably got all of those too. Let's move on. The next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. Elon Musk said a monetization model is coming for all forms of content on Twitter. It may be YouTube's. (laughs) No. Uh, Well, monetization model. Sorry. There's going to be ads on your tweets. Every single tweet. (laughs) Watch. That would be just disastrous for Twitter. Although it's going to be wow sorry microsoft is really aggressive with their announcement that you have to upgrade now anyway they just did a pop-up on my screen even though i've got a firewall i must not be blocking something anyway um so that model is coming uh right now you're paying eight bucks a month although they are holding off now because advisors have said no wait until after the election Um, But they also fired a bunch of people who were involved with policing the integrity of the network um, regarding political discourse. So, you know, now the place is kind of like a dumpster fire. Um, Let's see. He said on Saturday that the forthcoming model intends to surpass YouTube's current creator rates. Um, he also announced incoming content formats like adding long-form text to tweets and longer video. So it's completely destroying the structure of Twitter and turning it into something that it initially was not. It already grew significantly, but it's also going to change the optimization model um, and everything else on the back end of it because now it's gonna have longer video, it's gonna have longer tweets, it's gonna basically be a micro blogging and micro vlogging um, site. So the character is going to change and I hope that wingnuts don't take over. Please don't let wingnuts take over. So Bethany Byron over at Business Insider and a few of my articles are gonna be coming from um, businessinsider.com today. And here is um, Elon Musk uh, whistling the tune, You're Going to Give Me $8 for a Blue Check. I'm not sure if you've ever heard the lyrics for it, but it's basically just, you're going to give me $8 for a blue check. And that's supposed to provide legitimacy. That's the lyrics over and over again. Um, Kind of to the tune of the ice cream truck. So I basically told you the nuts and bolts of his, um, method for recouping $45 billion um, slowly, um, even as advertisers vacate the platform. He added that Twitter plans to surpass YouTube's current rate, which pays creators 55% of total ad revenue created, generated, um, from their videos. All right. Not when you're losing 4 million a week or a day, sorry, 4 million a day. I don't see how that's going to happen, particularly when advertisers are bowing out, mind you, the purchase of $45 billion worth of stock did not create a runway. (laughs) All that did was pay everybody off to take their stock. And the stock is not trading anymore so there's no ups and downs margins in which to make profit marginal profit we'll see i give it five years max before they re-release the shares um a fired twitter employee who's six months pregnant tells the company see in court um, unfortunately, I don't know how this is going to play out. I mean, he doesn't care about PR. Um, so, firing somebody that's six months pregnant without cause or with cause, it, I mean, either one doesn't really matter in this case because it wasn't because of discrimination. He fired 75 or 50% of the entire population of employees. It could have been incidental that they were in that group um they would have to demonstrate that they were targeted for them to recoup anything but shannon lou worked as a data science manager at meta before joining twitter in the same role in january man out of the frying pan into the fire the fired twitter employee who's six months pregnant said that there's definitely discrimination here yeah don't count on it um a an attorney i'm not your attorney even if i was i'm not an attorney and i'm not your attorney and even if i was an attorney i'm not your attorney shannon Liu, a data science manager worked at meta before joining twitter in january and she said that she'll fight and directed a see you in court tweet at her former employer you know what really gets you hired somewhere else threatening your former employer with a lawsuit because of an incidental termination sam tabaridi is the author of this and here is elon looking at that tweet saying yeah i don't think so um uh, or maybe eh, i don't care or i'm gonna stifle a giggle something like that um yeah i don't think that this is really going to play out very well so i'm just going to move on uh, there's not much really to talk about until an actual case is presented Now, the next article is in the Word and Tech. Twitter's delaying the launch of Blue with uh, verification until after the elections. And Twitter's pushing back on the launch of its Blue subscription after verification until or with verification until after this week's midterm election, according to a report from The New York Times, according to an internal memo viewed by the outlet, New York Times. A manager working uh, on the project said that they've made the decision to move the launch to November 9th after the election. There isn't really much else here. Emma Roth is who put the article together over at TheVerge.com. Go check it out. There's a little bit more there. Um, goes over what blue is and that basically the check mark um, showing that you have a credit card. Um or an Apple account that allows you to make a purchase. Wow, it always does this whenever I get to the bottom of a Verge article. Um, And so there isn't really much else there. Just know that if you have eight bucks a month, you can get a blue check mark and that's supposed to give you provenance, respect. The next article, and it's kind of a Twitter heavy day, It's in Hatch Ideas. Actress Valerie Bertinelli trolls Elon Musk by impersonating the billionaire on Twitter to prove a point about his blue check verification system. The actor um, posted a, well, I guess more than just an actor. Um... Posed as Elon Musk on Twitter this weekend to show flaws in his newly proposed verification system. After changing her display name, she posted dozens of tweets in support of the Democratic candidates. And she changed her name back on Sunday, writing, I think I made my point. Actress, and let's just say actor for crying out loud. Maybe they identify as actress, but anyway. Actor Valerie Bertinelli impersonated Elon Musk. And I agree. You can change your name at any time. Now they're going to kill that whole... Um, thing, that whole option, um, because somebody can uh, basically do this, and a lot of people lack critically th- critical thinking about the username versus the account name, which is two different animals. Um, Bethany Byron over at uh, businessinsider.com wrote this article, and yeah, I agree. I, I think that a point was made, um, but it's still going to cost eight bucks, and The billionaire Who I hope Over time just gets hobbled again and again And again Um, You know He's best known for buying his way into management Um, Over the next several hours The actor posted and retweeted Dozens of tweets in support of the Democratic candidates Ahead of midterm elections on Tuesday As Elon Musk She posted hashtags like uh, Vote blue to protect your rights And shared tweets supporting gubernatorial Candidates Gretchen uh, Whitmore in Michigan and Beto O'Rourke in Texas, among others. Um, As uh, other users pointed out, many of the tweets on their feed appeared as if Musk himself had actually retweeted them. Um, Find it interesting. Let me see. This is not really. Hold on a second. Well, that isn't really a good representation of it. It says, guys, Valerie Bertinelli changed her verified name to Elon Musk, and she's using it to retweet dem candidates, and it shows up in feeds like this. Elon Musk retweeted. So, yeah, you have to go and look at um, the account that actually retweeted it. Um, And I think that it's showing a flaw, not in... The blue check system but in the twitter representation of the retweet so gone is going to be just the plain username the account name is going to get posted uh and let's see i don't know what her real account name is and they don't actually post it on here maybe there's a link but i'm not following links to everybody's page while on stream at any rate um i think that's it for today again i am Merwat. this is the no- no- november 6th episode uh, of the hometown daily news show that is hometown right there go over there that all that over there is hometown that right there is my new follower goal come and follow me that'd be great i'd love to see you again that's how you find out if i'm going to stream again the only way really unless you go visit twitch.tv slash hometown remember go to hometown.showbot.tv to vote on the articles that you like if you want to make a statement you can actually do exclamation point s and then whatever it is you have to say and it'll get thrown in there I'll just delete it if it's junk and really I mean if it's just a comment and everything's cool and, and It's not vitriolic or hateful or stupid. I'll include it in a discussion tomorrow at 6 p.m. Because that's when I do this show. Hometown Daily News show every day, 6 p.m. Eastern. Every day, I have not missed a single day. And I hope to expand it starting January 1st. We're going to bump this up to about five shows starting January 1st. 2022 2023 pardon me wow i'm losing track of time okay see you all (music) bye-bye